Welcome to this series of Bible lessons on the New Testament. In these 42 lessons, we will teach the history of the Lord Jesus as delivered to us in the four Gospels. We will start with the days that led up to Christ's humble birth in Bethlehem. We will then look at his blessed ministry, his suffering, his death, and resurrection. His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension, and after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. In Lesson 6 of our Bible study on the life and the ministry of Christ, we wish to focus on Jesus manifesting his power as the Son of God. We wish to see this in three different events. The first one is the temptations in the wilderness, where Jesus shows his power over Satan. You may find this recorded in Matthew 4, verse 1 through 11. Then we see in part 2, Jesus as the Lamb of God, with power to call his disciples. This you may find in John 1, verse 29 through 51. Then in part 3, we see Jesus at the marriage feast of Cana, with power to perform miracles. This we may find in John 2, verses 1 through 11. So, Jesus manifesting his power as the Son of God. Then first, the temptations in the wilderness, which we find in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Immediately after Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist, he is taken by the Spirit of God into the wilderness. And there he is for 40 days and 40 nights without food. Oh, then, in his human nature, he is hungry. And that is when the tempter, Satan, comes to him and says, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. Oh, then we first need to understand what is a temptation. A temptation is when someone would say to you, if you really are so strong, do this. If thou, that means if you do it, then you prove it. And so Satan tempts Jesus and says, if thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Well, Jesus is the son of God. And we will see later, he does have power to perform miracles. He does have power to turn these stones into bread. But Jesus refutes Satan, and he uses the scripture to do this. He says, it is written, 
that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh from God. Then Satan takes Jesus to the pinnacle of a temple, high up, and there he will use the same method as Jesus. He will try, at least. He says, cast thyself down from this pinnacle, for it is written, he says, that God will send his angels that they will protect thee. That is not what scripture says. Scripture says God will keep you from falling, not from hurting yourself. And so we must always beware that we are using scripture as it is written. And Jesus does not reply to that, but he defeats Satan again by saying, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So we may not tempt the Lord by putting ourselves in danger. Then Satan takes Jesus to the top of a high mountain, and he shows him the whole world around. And he says, if you bow down for me, I will give all this to you. Now, we do need to understand two things. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It is God's already. But in our deep fall, we have become subjects of Satan. And therefore, Satan dares to say, I will give all this to thee. But now Jesus says, Get thee hence, for it is written that we must bow down and worship God alone. We may not bow down for another or for a human being. And then Satan is defeated and he leaves. But the angels come and minister unto Jesus. Then we see that Jesus leaves the wilderness and he returns to the river Jordan, where we see in our second part Jesus as the Lamb of God in John 1 verse 29 through 51. Because when John the Baptist now sees Jesus walking by, and then he knows who Jesus is. He has baptized him. He has heard the voice from heaven. He has seen the Spirit descending upon him. And so he calls out, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of this world. Now, at this time, this day, nothing happens. But the next day, Jesus comes walking by again. And John again says, Behold the Lamb of God. And now God places faith in the heart of two men, John and Andrew, that they leave John the Baptist and they follow Jesus. Oh, Jesus knows that they are following him. And he turns and he asks them, What seek ye? And they say, Rabbi, or Master, where dwellest thou? Jesus says, come and see. 
And so they went with Jesus, and they remained with him. They never forget the place or the time. It says it was the tenth hour. That is also true in the lives of God's people. When the Lord speaks to their souls, when the Lord shows them that salvation is in Jesus Christ, oh, they will never forget the time or the place, maybe even the Bible verse or the minister who preached it. But the next day, then we see that Andrew goes and calls his brother, Simon Peter, and he brings him to Jesus. He says, we have found the Messiah. And then Simon Peter goes along. And when Jesus sees him, Jesus says, thou art Simon, but I will give you a new name. Your name will also be Cephas, which means stone. All we will see later that there is a special meaning to Peter being a stone. It is his confession, his rock of faith. Then the following day, Jesus takes these disciples with him and he goes back to Galilee. And as he is walking through Galilee, he sees a Philip along the way. And he says to Philip, follow me. Notice that Philip does not ask, who are you or why? But Philip immediately stands up and follows Jesus. But then we also see uh, that a true disciple will also call his brothers. And so Philip the next day goes to Nathanael and he says, we have found him of whom the prophet spoke, the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. That is who it is. And then Nathanael says, can there any good thing come out of Galilee, out of Nazareth? Philip does not argue. He only says, come and see. And so Nathanael goes along. And when he comes to Jesus, uh, Jesus says to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. He means, here, Nathanael, you are a true Israelite. When you say, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You are honest. There is no guile. Oh, Nathanael is amazed. He says, whence knowest thou me? Then Jesus shows Nathanael his power, uh, that he is also omniscient, knows all things. He says, before Philip called you, while you were sitting at, under that fig tree, I had seen you. Oh, then Nathanael believes and confesses uh, that Jesus is truly the Messiah. Then we come to part three of our lesson, the marriage feast in Cana, which you find in John 2, verses 1 through 11. Jesus and his disciples are invited to this marriage feast, and so is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And as we know, a marriage feast in Cana lasted for a whole week. 
And so many preparations had to be made in order to have enough food and drink for all of the guests. Well, at this marriage feast, they ran out of wine. And when Mary understands that and knows that, she also realizes and knows that Jesus, as the Son of God, has power. And so she says to Jesus, they have no wine. In other words, can't you do something about this? <clears throat> then we hear Jesus say something that is shocking, and yet we need to understand it. He says, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Oh, we would be shocked if we heard someone say that to their mother. Woman, what have I to do with thee? But Jesus had a reason for what he said, because Mary had to understand that Jesus came to do the will of his father, not of his earthly mother. All Mary needed to understand that Jesus would only do according to God's will and God's counsel, not according to her wishes. But Mary does say to the servants at the feast, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And then Jesus tells the servants to take the water vats, the water vessels that are at the door. He says, fill them with water. And so they fill these vessels with fresh water. And then Jesus says, take of that water and bring it to the governor of the feast. And when the governor of the feast tastes it, he tastes good wine. And then he even goes to the bridegroom and he says, usually at a wedding, you serve the good wine first and then the poorer wine. But you have kept the best wine for last. He did not know where this wine came from. He did not know what Jesus had done. But here we see Jesus' power to perform miracles for the first time in the ministry of Christ. Now, the disciples, when they see this, their faith is strengthened. Oh, they already believed that Jesus was the Christ. But now their faith is strengthened when they see his power as the Son of God. All that we may learn also from these lessons in the temptations that we need to know our Bible if we want to be able to defend our religion, that Jesus calls his disciples as he calls his ministers, follow me, to leave everything and follow Jesus. And then that Jesus also shows his blessing upon the marriage by attending the wedding feast of Cana. And so marriage is still an institution of the Lord that Jesus honors. Thank you.